welcome to episode 29 of the Ask Achieve show where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Peck, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today, we'll be talking all about how to run a business. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. What's up, Achievers? Episode 29. You'd start every episode like that. Yeah, I just want to reiterate that it's episode 29. Even though we just said episode yeah. 29. <laughs> just like, gotta repeat it, just in case you weren't sure. Just in case you weren't really listening during the intro, but I'm sure you were just because uh, the intro is so good. Uh, I, <laughs> I talked about this last episode, but the intro is really good. Again, closing is not great for me, but... My intro is strong. <laughs> <laughs> I got to, it took me until about episode 25 to not have to read my line of like, <laughs> where your host, Lauren and Jason Bag. It's not that hard, but. Yeah, it's, yeah, especially because you're better off the cuff. But maybe that's the actual that's issue. That's why, because know? it had to be scripted. I'm much better just going with the flow. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. All right. So today, um, this uh, these are a couple questions that were asked um, like, a th- like a few weeks ago. Yeah, actually. I think they were like two or three weeks ago. Um, but we yeah. were kind of just waiting to. Um, accumulate some more um, thoughts and other questions in order to kind of create this entire episode on it. Uh, we thought it would be uh, a good idea to talk about the business side of things, um, especially because there are a lot of coaches and other uh, like medical professionals as well that have their own clinics or have their own fitness facilities. And we thought it might be uh, a value. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, specifically, we're going to answer a couple of questions, but we're also just kind of going to go over some of our general tips and tricks for running a fitness business. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we'll start with this first question from Rafi Banzuelo. Um, she asks, as a gym owner, what are your top three marketing strategies to engage members and drive personal training sales? Okay, perfect. So, um, you know, the first thing that we talk about, um, even beyond going into marketing and stuff like that, we want to identify if marketing is your primary issue. Um, a lot of times people start to bark up the wrong tree because uh, marketing and lead generation and all these things seem like things that you should be doing. But first of all, you want to track what is actually happening at your business. So a few key things that we track are inquiries. So we track anyone who contacts us, whether it's an email or a call or a walk-in. And then we track how many people actually set up a consultation after that point. After the consultation, we track how many people actually walk in through our doors And after that, we track how many people actually convert to paying members. And then we also track how many um, people actually stay on as a member for that following year. And so if you're not tracking, you're kind of blindly guessing um, what might be happening. But what we do is we'll take those percentages. So percentage of people that inquired and then walked into our doors and also the percentage of people that walked into our doors and converted into a sale. We take these numbers and all those other numbers that we um, talked about uh, just now, and we want to make sure that they're at least in the 75% range. And if they are not in that range, then we have to target that specific weak link. So let's say that we are having an issue with going from inquiries to actually walking into our doors. That means there's some sort of issue with our phone script or with our... um, our walk-in procedure, uh, just, uh, sorry, not our phone, our phone script as yeah. well as our email, email. script. Yeah. Um, and we need to tweak it somehow in order to make it more um, efficient, inviting, inviting yeah, yeah, for someone to actually walk in. Or our problem might be uh, from uh, from getting them into the, so actually having them schedule a session, um, come in, and then our problem might be converting them into a paying member, which means that we have something to do with the sales process. So just blindly thinking about 
lead generation and marketing as your kind of always goal uh, might not always be the case. Right? Yeah, you might actually realize that it doesn't matter how many leads you're getting in because your your hole is actually further down the line in mm-hmm. like going from uh, somebody showing up and doing sitting down for a consultation to actually signing up. That's where you have this real issue. So that if that percentage never goes up, then the amount of people you get in the door will help, but it would help more if you just worked on the issue where you actually have that hole. Yeah. Um, and then you wouldn't need to get as many people in the door to still Im- see improvements in your membership growth. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's definitely perfect. Like little side note lead in, like, mm-hmm. Obviously, everyone always wants more members or, or more inquiries. Like it's yeah, always like, how do I in. how do I get the word out there? How do I market so that more people are coming to me? Um, but there's other ways that you can increase membership without having to increase your increase. Yeah, and I mean, we, we've consulted with a lot of businesses where their retention rates are really not where they should be, and yeah. it's like. You know, maybe you might sign them up for that initial year, but there's just kind of a massive leak in terms of the customer experience or whatever might be happening. Like something needs to be tightened up in terms of their experience to make sure that they keep staying on as a member. So for those people, instead of uh, focusing efforts on engagement and uh, lead generation, we'd actually go back and figure out what kind of holes they're there. Um, members are falling into in terms of experience. Yeah, exactly. So, cool. But we will focus on marketing because that was the question (laughs) at hand. Um, So, our top three marketing strategies. So, our our number one, like, form of getting inquiries or getting new people in the door is referrals. Mm -hmm. And that actually happens in two separate ways. So, I think we'll separate these two things out. Yeah. Um, So, number one is through our members. So, our members talking about the gym to their friends. <laughs> um, and so we want to reward that uh, behavior and we want to give back to our members when they refer somebody to show them how much we appreciate it. Um, and also we want to make a big deal of it in front of as many other people as possible to uh, encourage that same behavior from the rest yep. of our members. So what we've started to do is, or we started this like four or five years ago, but we when we initially thought, okay, we should have some sort of referral program, we started giving out um, like Amazon gift cards mm-hmm. or even cash. We would even do like $50 of cash yeah. or like a $50 gift card or like a massage or something that we thought that that person would maybe like. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were like thankful for it. They're like, oh, yeah. cool. But it was never really like that big of a deal. And it never really seemed to spark more referrals or to really get that much buzz around it. Um, so then we had an idea to make it something that was that felt more exclusive. So we wanted to get T-shirts that were specially made for people who uh, gave us a referral. And the T-shirts said uh, Team Achieve on the front, or now they say Achievers uh, on the front, their last name on the back, and then their favorite number on the back as well. So they're very, very individualized. Um, every time that we get about 10 new referrals in, um, we we reach out to the 10 people who referred those people and we ask them like, just asking for a friend, what's your t-shirt size uh, and your favorite number. (laughs) (laughs) And we just get that information up front. Um, And then we order those t-shirts and when we get them in, we hand them out to them in public. So we make sure we do it when there's a lot of people around and we kind of give them the shirt. We're like, Hey, thank you so much for that referral. It really meant a lot to us. And it really does. Referrals mean a ton to us. It's how we sustain our business. Um, It meant so much to us. Thank you so much. We wanted you to have this exclusive t-shirt and we give it to them and they feel super special Mm -hmm. and they wear them. They're nice t-shirts so that they'll actually wear them. 
they wear them to the gym, and then people will ask them how they got that shirt. Like, oh, how'd you get a Team of Cheese shirt? And they will say, oh, I, it's because I referred someone. So then the rest of the people are like, oh, well, I need to refer someone because I want one of those shirts. <laughs> the, the best is when uh, couples do it, right? Like, either oh, yeah. one, of, one of the people in, in the couple will refer someone and they'll fight over who actually referred that person and then whoever <laughs> the closer friend yeah whoever doesn't get it now like it's their mission because like you know now they have they don't have something that their significant yeah. other has and they're like oh my god i need to get it um so that, that always um is great but yeah i mean the, the t-shirts are anywhere from 25 to 35 dollars or so yeah and, depending on the minimums you know initially it's like oh that's actually kind of an expensive t-shirt just to give out but I mean, we were giving yeah fifty dollar gift certificates, uh, uh, eighty dollar massages, um, just a lot of like bigger ticket items, quote yeah. unquote. But yeah, it's just like people. It's just like gifts in general. It's like people would much rather have a personalized, thoughtful gift than just a gift card somewhere, which is more like a cop out, like oh here you go kind of thing. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Um, yeah, that has been very helpful for us. So that's that's referrals in terms of direct referrals from our members, where they like reach out to a friend, tell them that they should join, get them to set up a strategy session and bring them in the door. Yeah. And um, I mean, if you're not getting referrals in the first place, that means, you know, if that's not your primary source of people coming in through your doors, then definitely there's another like, you know, experience element that's missing, right? right. Which we won't get into this episode. Maybe we'll get into it later on. But we could um, do a whole culture episode. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, that's right. It, referrals should be your number one source of new members. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not... You either need to make it a part of your, like, you need to reward referrals and kind of, like, make it a part of your your culture, or you need to, and more importantly, you need to improve your culture so that your members can't stop talking about it, about your gym, right? Like, that's the idea, is that they can't stop talking about it, so their friends are like, okay, like, I'll just go if you would just shut up about it already. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that is the idea behind referrals, is that they should just happen naturally because of the experience and the results are so good. Yeah. A a few books that I'll just toss out there that uh, really helped us was, um, I think one was called The Starbucks Experience. Uh, One was called The Nordstrom Nordstrom Way. Way. Um, Another one was from Zappos. I think it was like, what was it? It was... um, Delivering, delivering happiness. happiness yep that and then, and then um, the five or um raving fans yes yeah that raving one exactly really yeah. good and that one's like the shortest book ever but really mm-hmm. really good yeah and we didn't like carbon copy them just because there are such different like sectors of um business but at the root level it's all about dealing with people and interacting um and ending conversations in a positive way and just enhancing the experience overall so those are all great books to start if referrals aren't really um coming in yeah Cool. Cool. And then a non-direct referral source for us has been Yelp. Um, for us, Yelp works really well because uh, that's what people use in our area. But if your if your area doesn't use Yelp, you can use Google reviews. Just or like, uh, what's the other one? Tra- uh, what's the, the like travel one that a lot of people use? TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor. Some people use. Yeah. I don't know. Yelp works really well for us. Um, and they're all free sites that we don't advertise on Yelp. Um, they're all free sites that allow people to review your business. And what we found was that a lot of people were searching Yelp for fitness, for fitness facilities, um, for gyms, as well as like restaurants and everything like that. So we got a few Yelp reviews organically and we started to realize that that's where people told like the real stories and that's where mm-hmm. they shared like some real great information that they might not be able to like just tell their friends in a quick sentence about what the gym right. is. Um, and so what we started to do was to, to prompt people to tell their stories on Yelp. 
And so what will happen is somebody might like come up to us during a, a session and be like, oh my God, I just deadlifted my body weight. Like, I can't believe that. I've never been able to do that before. This is crazy. Like, it's something I never thought I could do. I always consider myself like a weaker person and I feel so strong, so empowered, blah, blah, blah. That, happen- that should be happening a lot in your facility, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're training people the right way, they should be having these moments, these breakthroughs. And so what we do is in the moment, we're very just, you know, genuinely happy for them and we're excited for them. We share in their joy. And then later on in the day, we may email them and say, hey, that story was super, super powerful. And we think that actually it would help a lot of other people realize that they have the potential to do what you've done. And we would love if you wouldn't mind sharing that story that you just told me on our Yelp page, because that's where a lot of people find us. That's where a lot of people go to see if this gym would be right for them. And if they hear your story, they might realize that they could actually see the results that they're looking for. Um, And so, and then we put our Yelp link right in there. So it's easy for them. We just say like, just click here. You can write the review um, and just, just tell that story. And the reason that we started saying tell that, tell the story is because if you just ask somebody for a review, they're most likely just going to they're not really going to know what to say. And it's hard to put your whole experience into a couple sentences. So Mm -hmm. they'll probably just say something like this gym is amazing. It changed my life. But like you might read that for anything like, and and it's hard to believe that, right? It's hard to believe that it really changed your life. Like, okay, cool. Five stars. This gym changed my life. But if you tell this compelling story about how these actual experiences that you have, those feel very real. People can relate to them and people will, come in because of those reviews yeah i mean the relatability is so important like like i think people think that their stories are like unique in terms of like um you know certain accomplishments like whether it's like taking something out of the overhead compartment of an airplane but like as coaches we hear a lot of these stories um pretty often and it's just like oh that person had the exact same experience or or i've also had that same issue and i would like a solution for it um and so it just like instantly ups that sort of uh relatability factor And now the thing with Yelp reviews and uh, reviews in general is that all of your marketing has to align with whatever the reviewer is saying. And so if it is – so for us, when you look at our reviews, it's a lot about community and everyone's positive and welcoming and they're also very knowledgeable, um, things like that. But if our marketing, let's say our Facebook page or our Instagram page or our website was very hardcore and intense and uninviting – there would be a disconnect and it would make that much more friction for that person to actually call or make an appointment. So it's really important that everything is very cohesive because uh, consumers are savvy these days and they're going to really try to find any sort of reason not to walk through your doors. And so you want to make it uh, abundantly clear that everything that is put out there is actually true. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, we, we think a lot about language when we're marketing and when we're, I mean, when we're doing everything, um, we really think hard about the language that we use because it's so important. And it really, if you're not using language that actually portrays what is going on inside your doors, um, people will notice and they will feel that there's something off. Um, so our language is very consistent. We say welcoming, supportive, inclusive, positive, and smile, you know, a hundred times a day. And it's because those are the things that are happening in the gym. If we just said that stuff, but that (laughs) stuff wasn't happening in the gym, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't. And people would come in and they would have this idea of what it was supposed to be based on those words that they keep hearing. And when it wasn't that, that would be really bad. Yeah. I mean, I I search on Amazon for like 40 minutes to try to save a couple bucks or try to find the exact right thing uh, for the thing that I want to try to do. 
And it's like, I look, I scour through reviews and it's just like, yeah. there's just so much information readily accessible on products and businesses that people are going to really dig deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So try to get those compelling stories up there as much as you can, rather than just asking people for a straight review, ask mm-hmm. them to share a story or an experience that they've had with you. Yeah. Um, that could really, really help and make a big difference for the review sites. Perfect. Cool. Um, and then, then the more. last one, um, are short-term challenges. And we're pretty selective with this. Um, I think last year we we ran two. Mm -hmm. And I think we decided that up to two a year is probably pretty good. Um, And so a challenge is anywhere from four to eight weeks long. And it's effectively kind of like a trial period. Um, But we market it more in the realm of it being actually a short-term challenge. It seems to be less of a barrier for someone to, to come in for a challenge than a, than a trial. And I think it's because a trial has this connotation of like you do it and then like you're pretty much committed to do the membership yeah, after like that, right? You like, expect from a trial you expect that some salesperson is going to sit you down at the end and be like, "Okay, yeah. now now this is like what you have to do. You have to sign up." Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I mean we we used to run trials and it's not how we ran trials at right. all because <laughs> of that um, stigma, but yeah, challenges seem to remove that stigma and um, have it be a lot more accessible for someone to come in. And so actually we're actually running a uh, four-week challenge um, in April, starting April 2nd. Uh, we're calling it the Spring Kickstart Challenge. Um, a lot of um, you know, what, what can be really difficult with challenges is that a lot of them are so like extreme weight loss focused or, you know, it's like 21-day cleanse and all these things that we know as um, good coaches that that's just not, it, like fitness just isn't a quick fix. So we kind of rebranded the, the whole challenge idea to be a kickstart challenge and how it's 28 days just to get you on the right track in terms of fitness journey. And the things that we talk about aren't extreme weight loss or extreme muscle gain. It's all just about building habits um, for the long term. Um, So what we're doing is it's a four-week challenge, and we just give a lot of value up front. And so we give them $499. We give them for $99, not for $99. $99. (laughs) We give them four coaching sessions. We give them a workout program. We give them a challenge handbook as well as an accountability guide and weekly uh, and daily emails actually for that 28-day period. So we upload a lot of value up front. They get an, an awesome experience. And, you know, for us, like, that's our sales pitch, right? It's just the actual service. We don't have to lock them in a room and say, like, you have to join. Like, you don't, you didn't read the fine details of the challenge. <laughs> like, you're actually locked into a contract for life. <laughs> but, um you know, once they have that experience, more than likely they're going to want to continue on because they've, you know, kickstarted their journey. So, yeah. 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 And so it's your chance to prove that you are a gym that they should join and that they're going to see, continue to see further results at. Um, But we, yeah, we definitely use it as a, a chance to just demonstrate our expertise, show them what we have to offer, but not to push anything on them. Um, because we know that early on, that's the biggest fear with gyms. I think the biggest fear is being pulled into some back room and yeah. like tried to be swindled by the salesperson. Yeah. Um, and even, I mean, we as, remember when we were first opening Achieve, we needed somewhere to work out. So we mm-hmm. went to a Boston sports club Oh yeah. and we got like, we did a trial membership there yeah. and I was like so uncomfortable with the guy. He called me like 30 times trying to get me to yeah. join. He sat us down. He was like, I have this special deal for you just for today. And I was like, no, you don't. This is like, yeah. you tell this to everyone. It was so creepy and awful and I hated it. And I was like, wow, this, it reinforced how much I, we didn't want to do that as a business. Um, but 
if, you know, if that hadn't happened and I had just loved my experience there, I'm, I obviously I was building my own gym, so I wouldn't have joined, but if I were a regular person and that hadn't happened, I just had a really good experience and I had coaches come up to me and say like, Hey, I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just want to help you out with this, um, this exercise. Is that, is that okay? Would you mind? I have some tips for you that might help you not feel that in your back or yeah. something like that. Like that would be an amazing experience. And I'd be like, Oh, I should keep coming here. Totally. Maybe I'm going to inquire about membership. So it really is like things are really changing in terms of sales and sales are becoming more about just showing what you have and letting people come to you Mm -hmm. rather than pushing other people. Yeah, super old school. So yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So these challenges or anything short term that you can offer that is at a little bit of a lower rate just to ease people's concerns about price, anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, We've found them pretty beneficial. Yeah, totally. It's been good. So those would be our three marketing strategies. There we go. Cool. So, or at least the top three. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move on to a second question, which was from Belle of the Bar. And she asked, any tips for growing your Instagram slash Facebook following for a personal training business, type of content to post, how to reach a wider audience while still being true to your brand, etc." Okay. So social media, I mean, we've discussed social media um, a decent amount in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'll say is if you are just starting out with social media i wouldn't worry too too much about like equipment or how many times you post or what's the optimal time of day to post the big thing is going to be consistency so i'd rather see someone post once a day daily for you know years on end than having someone really batch them so that you know they post three times in one day and then two weeks later they post again the consistency is what really matters, um, not the equipment, not the um, not the uh, lighting, like all these like excess variables that people spend a lot of time on just to make everything perfect. Less about that. It's more about the, uh, the content, more about your personality, hopefully shining through your message and consistency overall. Now, if you are at that point where you have been consistent and also your business is at a level where you can take a little bit of focus off of the business itself and put some attention into social media and marketing in general, then I would say that you need to um, really invest into it because it is, it's almost like a part-time job, right? Yeah. So, um, and that's, that's kind of your point is yeah. that it can't be a part, like you, most people can't handle a part-time job on top of a full-time job. Totally. So if you're, if you're still 100% in the gym, training sessions, answering emails, doing everything for the facility, it's going to be impossible. You're going to burn out if you try to also take on a full part-time job of social media. Yeah. So just be as consistent as you can while you're going through that stage of still being fully in the business. Mm-hmm. And once you have that chance to delegate and to have some people who are going to take some things off of your hands, then you fill in that extra time that you had that you were using there with some more social media. Yeah. I mean, now we have a team of 15. We've got an office manager. We've got um, four full-time coaches as well as two part-time coaches. Um, and we've got a bunch of um, front desk people as well to um, kind of fill in anything that would be kind of like um, deprioritize as we kind of prioritize the social, our social media. Right. Right? Um, right. So we're not like letting go of anything that we would have been doing in the gym in order, we're not sacrificing any of that in order to do social media. Totally. We, we delegated that in order to do social media. And that's a big, important thing is that you can't sacrifice things inside the gym because if things stop running in the gym, yeah. it doesn't matter how good you are on social media. Like that's, 
That's the a, gym needs to be a priority. Priority so. number one. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and just to give you perspective, Lauren and I just started really getting um, more uh, consistent with social media since last January. Yeah, right? so it's been just over a year. Um, and we started at, I don't know, like maybe 850 Instagram followers. And now we're um, you know approaching 47,000. And so a lot can happen in the span of about a year as long as you put a lot of the time and consistency into it. Um, cause I think, yeah, pe- people might see our page now and be like, oh, they've been doing this for years and years and years, but just make sure your gym is set up the way you want it set up with systems, with incredible people in place to help run it for you. And then from there, you can take a little bit of your focus off and put it into the, um, more of the, uh, growing the business and social media sort of direction. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. Now going into equipment, uh, we do have some, fancier equipment we we have some we don't have professional camera gear but we're like probably just a step below that in the prosumer um, range and when we tell people how much our equipment has cost so like our our one of our camera setups right now is about 1500 to 2000 um, all in we've kind of slowly accumulated this over time so it hasn't been that big of a hit but what you want to think about it is as a long-term investment. Um, people will balk at the price of that camera, but then hire some other company to put together a promo video for three, four, five grand. And that's a one-time use thing that you kind of throw up on your website, right? Yeah. But social media, like you have to be posting um, two, three times a day to be relevant and consistently over and over again. You can't just pay that out of pocket every single time. So what we decided early on was that instead of doing that, Let's actually go ahead and try to figure this all out for ourselves. So we learned how to edit. We learned how to shoot. Uh, we learned how to shoot uh, pictures as well as videos. Um, Lauren learned Lightroom and Photoshop really well. I learned Adobe Premiere for our videos. Um, and it just like has become a time-consuming process to get to this point. But now we're effectively a media company. Now we've got the ability to create these short Instagram videos as well as high quality YouTube videos. We've got this podcast and these are all things that we've learned over time. And, you know, the equipment has been a short term, um, you know, short initial hit in terms of the financially, but long-term we have now these capabilities that, um, that people pay a lot of money for other companies to do for them. And it's only like a very short term usage kind of thing. Right. right? That's the thing. I mean, you always say that it's like people pay, maybe a thousand dollars to get like three Instagram videos that you can use. And it's like three Instagram videos. That's one day. That's literally a day. It's yeah. a day. And so now like you, you can't expect, you can't do that every day and you can't reuse the same three videos every day. <laughs> and yeah, they might look really cool, but instead you could save that money or you ter- put that money towards some nicer equipment for yourself. But then you have to be willing to teach yourself. Yeah. I mean, we didn't take any classes. <laughs> we went to, and well, that's the cool thing though, is that, at these days, you can learn anything on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and so Jason learned Adobe Premiere Pro, which is like a very complicated system mm-hmm. on YouTube. Yeah. By following YouTube videos. And he spent a lot of time on there. Like it took a lot of time to actually become e- efficient at it. Yeah. Um, but now you can bust out a video. Now that you kind of have a template that you go off mm-hmm. of, you can yeah. bust out videos pretty quickly. The same thing with me. Photoshop at first, I could not figure out how to draw a line. I'm not even joking. Millions of options. Like I couldn't draw a line. It was like it was too 
big of an application. Like there was too much that it could do that drawing a line, like nobody even type wrote about that on yeah. Google. I was like, how to draw a line <laughs> on Photoshop? And I was like, you're just dumb. <laughs> um, but you have to just be willing to put in that time and, and do your research. And once you do and you find the template that works for you and you kind of create this, this look that you like to go with, then mm-hmm. it becomes very easy to just replicate that over and over again. Yeah. And I will say like, we, we often look back on our previous videos that we've done, like <laughs> since early last year. And we were like, we thought they were amazing at the time. And I were like, Oh, what were we doing? Like so, so bad. bad. <laughs> um, but we had to go through that process of learning to now like create what is our, like our look that we've established, but we wouldn't have gotten there if we had spent a lot of time trying to perfect our look right from the beginning. We just had to create the content, edit it, get it out there, understand what kind of feedback we were getting, adjust our process based on that. And then we've done that hundreds of times over and over and over again. Now we're getting to a point where things look the way we want. So now we can template it out and now it's a lot easier, but um, we went through a lot of growing pains at first. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, One part of this question that I liked is how to reach a wider audience while still being true to your brand. Mm. Um, And that's something that we've been really conscious about because we started to do a lot of informational videos. And at one point we were doing only informational videos and they Mm -hmm. were just like, this is how you deadlift. This is how you squat. This is how you this. And we were like, man, we are reaching a lot more people now, but we feel like we lost who we were in there a little bit because we used to post all about how great our community was and Mm -hmm. how fun it was to be an achiever and all these things. So we're like, okay, we need a way to meld those two things together. And it's amazing how very subtle things consistently uh, translate to people and they really get it. So something that we started doing, not even intentionally, (laughs) was ending all of our videos with a thumbs up. Um, double thumbs up at the end of every video. And we thought like, oh, it's just kind of who we are. So we'll just do that. And now people are like, look, if, if we miss one by accident, people are like, where's the thumbs up? Like what's (laughs) happening? Or people will give us a little thumbs up, like as a, like, you know, joking around, like, oh yeah, the double thumbs up is like part of who you are. And, And so little things like that, like incorporating our members into workout videos was important to us because we wanted to make sure that people still knew that we, you know, we wanted to still showcase our members and like little Jason will leave like these little microseconds of people laughing Mm -hmm. or this like little moment of somebody smiling where you can still see that like they're having fun. It doesn't have to be over the top. Mm -hmm. Um, That's also important is not trying to like fake your personality or like fake this like, Oh, we're this happy brand. So we're going to (laughs) like make these big cheesy smiles and like go over the top with all this. You don't have to fake that stuff. If you really are that way, they'll be captured on video. And so yeah, Jason will like leave in, a little giggle at the end or mm-hmm. something like that. And it just is like, starts to resonate with people like, okay, these are, these are kind of relaxed, silly, goofy people. Yeah. Again, again, the, the consumer, whoever, whoever's watching, people are just so savvy now that it takes them microseconds to figure out what kind of vibe you're putting off, what kind of energy. And, you know, so many people reach out to us and be like, love how you're pushing fitness in such a positive way, such an inclusive way. And it's like, we never like, explicitly like really say like we're trying to do this positively and inclusively like, <laughs> except like, for in the intro of this podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know but we don't like like that's not like our point it's uh yeah. it's kind of like a side thing that we just naturally give across yeah um but yeah i think i think what it comes down to is establishing what kind of mission that you have what, what is your purpose um and then your social media has to revolve around that as opposed to trying to fit in random messages just because it sounds good within your posts, right? right? It just, it has to be 
everything that you believe in and stand for and then the social media is just kind of like a way for you to transmit that information right and so what we found was that the way to reach a broader audience was tutorials Mm-hmm. Like that was just what worked for us. Like the, when, as soon as we started doing com- yeah. comparison posts, like this versus that, like do this, not that, or a tutorial on how to do a certain lift, like that was getting a lot of traction. So yeah. we were like, okay, that's our go-to in terms of how we're going to produce content, but we're still going to make sure that our personality shows through in that, in doing so. So we didn't want to become these kind of like cold, just like, this is how you do this exercise thing we wanted to still keep our personality in there but that was the way that we found worked for reaching more people yeah and like again because we were trying to make fitness more inclusive and because we didn't want to prey on insecurities like maybe some other social media accounts do um, even though we wanted to reach a wider audience we weren't willing to sacrifice um, our values because our mission was so clear so we didn't do things like you know like where minimal amounts of clothing and do our exercise video or make it overtly sexual um or do things like like crazy workouts just to make it look more visually appealing like like we're trying to make it so that squats and deadlifts and lunges and all these very quote-unquote like non-sexy exercises that are still the best exercises um in a more appealing light become in a more appealing light to um to our followers so that more people will do them yeah get fit and strong. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, we could wear little clothing and start juggling kettlebells and doing crazy barbell tricks. Muscle ups and all this. Yeah. But it's like, does that really help the person out on the other side of things when, you know, they probably could use help in terms of breathing and stretching and moving well. And yeah, we, we, because our values and mission were so strong to begin with, um, we've never wavered on that front. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, I think to end this episode, it really, like, every answer that we gave was, there was another, like, caveat at the (laughs) end, right? It's like, everything is so connected. Like, if you're focusing on your social media, you have to make sure that your gym is running smoothly or your clinic is running smoothly. If you are worrying about lead generation and inquiries, you also need to worry about your client experience and how things are going on at the gym. Like, everything circles and funnels back into one another like it's it's how you do one thing is how you do everything and like everything has to be really good if one thing is to really stand out right so yeah yeah um so yeah that about wraps it up for this business episode you did it you said that about wraps it up without stumbling oh yeah it's like the first time in about five episodes but my closing is getting it's better. getting stronger yeah. so uh, proud of you. if you guys um want some more individualized or contextual advice on uh, your business or your clinic. Uh, we do also offer business consultations. Just DM us if you're interested at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram. Um, but hopefully this will give you a really strong starting off point um, if you had any questions along that front. Yeah. So yeah, that, that about wraps it up for today. <laughs> there we go again. <laughs> a little stumble, minor. Getting better. Progress, not perfection. That's true. Um, yes, please DM us any more questions that you have at podcast at AchieveFitnessBoston.com or DM us again at AchieveFitnessBoston. If you could leave us an iTunes review, if this podcast has helped you out in any shape or form, if you could leave us a podcast review, that would be awesome on you iTunes. You could tell a specific story about which one yes. resonated with you. That would be great. Uh, we won't send you an individualized t-shirt, but we'll give you a high five. Yeah. Or Virtual double, high five. Double thumbs up. Double thumbs Instagram. up, yeah. yeah. Definitely at the end of 
one of our videos come out. <laughs> It'll be for you. You'll know. <laughs> yeah, you'll know. Yeah, we'll give you a wink. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, cool. Until so, next time. Peace. Love and, and muscles. muscles.